0: Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Palato
1: from MediaMonarchy.com. A consumer doesn't see the true value that manufacturers see. We've got that story, plus off-grid appliances. But first, Brazil and Argentina to start preparations for a common currency. We get this paywalled and archived from the Financial Times. Brazil and Argentina will this week announce that they're starting preparatory work on a common currency in a move which could eventually create the world's second-largest currency bloc. South America's two biggest countries will discuss the plan in a summit at Buenos Aires this week and will invite other Latin American nations to join. The initial focus will be on how a new currency, which Brazil already suggests should be called the Sur for South, could boost regional trade and reduce reliance on the U.S. dollar, officials told the Financial Times. It would at first run par, run in parallel with the Brazilian real and the Argentine peso. And initially, just a bilateral project between those two. The idea, of course, they will roll this out and be offered to other Latin American nations. A currency union that covered all of Latin America would represent about 5% of global GDP, the Financial Times estimates and notes that the world's largest currency union, the euro, encompasses about 14% of global GDP when measured in dollar-dollar terms. The project is, of course, likely to take many, many years to come to fruition. Massa noted that it took Europe 35 years to sneak around and finally get the euro created. An official announcement is expected during Brazilian President Da Silva's visit to Argentina, that starts, I believe, this coming night, James, the veteran leftist, first foreign trip since taking power on January 1st. I do like that the Financial Times notes that he was taking power, because wouldn't maybe conspiracy realists say that it's weird that this leftist seems to steal an election and then immediately says, let's change the money system, James?
0: Yeah, it seems interesting, doesn't it? In fact, it seems perfectly expected. Get into power and then start making the big changes to engineer society in the way you want. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna help the people out by creating a currency union. Hmm, how's that going to work exactly? Well, l- let's put this in the bigger perspective because this is just one part of a much broader thing that's happening right now. And I know international monetary order is not the sexiest kind of story to follow, but I think it's pretty important and I think it will be affecting our lives at some point. So people... I hope picked up on that story a few weeks ago. Um, oilprice.com, for example, picked it up, why we shouldn't underestimate China's PetroYuan ambitions. That was talking about Credit Suisse's uh, Zoltan Pozar, who wrote a an analysis about China and the Petroyuan and OPEC Plus and how this is playing out into a vast de-dollarization of the international oil markets, or could play out in that way, or is starting to play out. Uh, I also linked in the newsletter a couple weeks ago, I hope people saw it, a really interesting big deep dive piece he wrote, a seven-page analysis called War and Currency Statecraft that goes into these types of issues and the type of changeover we're seeing and how it relates to geopolitics and what have you. But again... Do, do you think that this, sir, could be connected to the petro on and other things that are going on? Well, I think so. And here's another indication of it um, from Business Standard. Bricks mulling alternative to dollar-dominated do, uh, payment system, talking about the South African foreign minister, um, talking about how we're going to need a system to replace the dollar system, etc., blah, blah, blah. So, of course, the way this is supposed to be framed, and will be framed by certain segments of the rah-rah bricks are the saviors, Um, people out there, is that, yay, you know, sticking it to the, the dollar and the international U.S. hegemon of the World Bank IMF slave system by creating its exact mirror. <laughs> and I, for one, do not think this is the way forward. I think that this is the creation of exactly in the same way... In fact, the more you look at it, the more ridiculous and out in the open it is. But exactly. So let's create the sur, which is just the South American equivalent of the euro. And we all know how well that works out for the European Union and what that means for the individual sovereignty of all those states, right? And uh, just in the exact same way that... You know, anti-New World Order Putin created, helped create the Eurasian Economic Union, which was literally formulated and modeled on the European Union, or the way the BRICS Development Bank has all of the IMF World Bank insiders sitting on its in its upper echelons, or the way that uh, China created a SWIFT alternative that uses Swift. (laughs) And all of these, I mean, it's just, it's so blatant that they are just creating another part of the same global structure. And I think this is something that's hard for people to wrap their minds around, is that the way globalism will really function is not, it's, I don't think the real threat is the one global government over everything with the one dictator over the world. That's, Too obvious a system. That's the old style of um, ruling over the peasants. And you, you see the king in the castle on the hill. You know you got to go behead the king if you want things to change. I don't think they want that kind of system. No, it's going to be a 1984-ish Eurasia, East Asia, Oceania system with these different regional blocks that are warring against each other. And bombs start dropping, and you don't know if they're. Well, we're being told it's Eurasia, but actually it's probably our own government. Who knows what's happening? That's the system of control. So what's the real alternative here? To create other regional u- currency unions to defeat the other currency unions? No, this is not what it is about. So if people who want to know what how to really resist this agenda, I will refer them back to an article I wrote years and years ago called How to Really Defeat Globalism, which talks about precisely this type of trap that we fall into by trying to defeat these global institutions by creating competing global institutions. That's not the way forward. So anyway, I think this is part of a really big plan that's unfolding right now. And however it really does start to unfold, I think we're going to see some incredible shifts in the monetary order in the next several years. And as Zoltan Pozar and others have talked about, that doesn't come without major geopolitical shakeups as well, including war.
1: James, I've got a technology analogy for this. We often see here in the States our congressional wannabe leader saying, oh, this Chinese technology, TikTok and Huawei, and these things are bad. We're gonna ban it, don't use their technology. Use our slave track and trace technology, which has all the same (laughs) structures. They might not be utilizing the social credit systems yet, but the idea that the two bits of widgets are, are somehow inherently different is, again, laughable on its face interesting too i mean these are kind of like the you know the traps i think they set they trademark kind of set all these traps for us we were talking about this in in my community this morning there's this whole ongoing thing and again it's it's fun to speculate and and theorize the dude who dropped at monday night football a couple of weeks ago demar hamlin he's now returned Or at least some guy dressed up like him. No one's seen his face. They keep kind of shuffling him around. Oh, look, there he goes. It seems really weird because it makes us all go, ah, he's probably dead and they're lying about it or they've got a double or they're still working out their clothes. Who knows? But the more we all pile on for this, the more it's going to be easy for them to go, hey, here's Damar Hamlin. You're all insane because you said all this stuff it's a lot of it's what I call it's a lot of schmuck bait it's a lot of traps and tricks for the phony left to get the phony right and vice versa so a lot to a lot to think about there James as we just get rolling here on new world next week episode 508 our second story another really interesting one James we were just saying before we started to roll generally kind of have a geopolitical story a control grid climate, global kind of story, and then, of course, your third story. Who knows what it'll be? Appliance makers sad that 50% of customers won't connect smart appliances. This from Ars Technica. Appliance makers like Whirlpool and LG just can't understand. They added Wi-Fi antennas to their latest dishwashers, and ovens, and refrigerators, and built apps for them, too, yet only 50% or fewer of their owners have connected them. What gives? The issue, according to manufacturers, quoted in a Wall Street Journal article, is that customers just don't know all the things that a manufacturer could do if users connect the device that spins their clothes or keeps their food cold. Things like providing manufacturers with the data and insights about how customers are using their products and allowing companies to send over-the-air updates and sell relevant replacement parts and subscription services. The challenge is that a a customer-consumer doesn't see the true value that manufacturers see in terms of how that data can help them in the long run so that they don't really care for spending time to just connect it, Henry Kim, U.S. Director of LG's smart device division, Think, with a Q, told the Wall Street Journal, LG said that fewer than half of its smart appliances, which represent 80 to 90% of its sold appliances, stay connected to the internet. Again, you gotta know that we're in some future hilarious world. Your appliances aren't connected to the internet. Whirlpool reported that more than half are connected. Wi-Fi connected, smart appliances might be connected when they're first set up, first turned on, but a new ISP, new router, new Wi-Fi, any of those things could kind of knock it offline. And a smart oven is likely to be way down the list of things that, oh man, I got to connect that back up. That means companies like Whirlpool are missing out on service revenue, which is increasingly crush to manufacturers facing rising input costs, declining replacement purchases and hungry, hungry hippo shareholders. While the manufacturers blame technical constraints, some customers may simply not want to provide companies with vague privacy policies or bad histories with security access to their networks. Smart home or Internet of Things or IoT devices are too often built with an acquire, upload, whatever mindset. I hadn't heard about this, James. Take the test models from IA Robot and Roomba up for potential acquisition by Amazon, hallway Twitch, Goodreads, CIA contractor, Washington Post that uploaded images of someone on the toilet to the clouds could <laughs> your little robot rolled by shut the door i don't know <laughs> the problems are so so widespread and varied that the white house ah, oh, the white house has called for universal iot security labeling appliance makers are eager for buyers to connect their smart devices but at least some may think they've done the smart thing by leaving them offline lg whirlpool target customers disconnected from smart appliances i don't know about a future where i pay a literal garbage can a monthly subscription fee james that's a recent tweet i don't know did you follow the internet of isht when you were on twitter
0: i don't remember but i i know of uh, that account yeah yeah and uh that's uh, uh yeah the proper way to spell that is a da- absolutely an apt description for the way that we are heading in this dystopian nightmare world in which you're I Roomba, whatever house cleaning robot thingy will take pictures of you on the toilet and upload it to the cloud. I think I'm glad that at least this Ars Technica article does put the emphasis in the right place. Um, for example, I like uh, the line where they say, Whirlpool acquired recipe management app Yumly in 2017, and its customers can sync a Yumly Pro subscription to a smart oven so that it follows the recipe's instructions brackets, which must apparently sometimes go beyond heat to this level. Because, yes, exactly, what is the, what is really the point of this? Obviously, they're trying to appeal and sell the sizzle of, hey guys, this is, you're lazy? Well, if we got something for you, it'll just automatically do whatever you want. But realistically, honestly, it was probably more hassle to set up the Yumly Pro subscription app and get it all working and then program in what you're doing instead of just putting it to like 350 degrees start you know it's so it's nonsense so what is what is this really about of course it's not about convenience saving you 1.7 milliseconds no it's about a much deeper agenda what agenda hmm oh i don't know how about let's go back to wired.com from 2012 cia chief we'll spy on you through your dishwasher Yes, literally, they've openly talked about this. And if you want more information about it and the context of that, I will direct people to Smart Tyranny, How to Resist the Smart Grid, which I did in 2014, where I quoted David Petraeus. Remember Petraeus back at the time, uh, the CIA director who said, items of interest will be located, identified, monitored, and remotely controlled through technologies such as radio frequency identification, sensor networks, tiny embedded servers, and energy harvesters. In practice, these technologies could lead to rapid rapid integration of data from closed societies and provide near-continuous, persistent monitoring of virtually anywhere we choose. They openly talk about this, brag about it. It is not conspiracy theorizing. It is on the record, the CIA chief openly talking about how they're going to spy on you through your appliances. And suddenly all these appliances are networked and connected to the internet and constantly communicating. I wonder what's going on. Yes, they are spying on you. That is what this is about. And unfortunately, it gets harder and harder to find appliances that aren't smart appliances. Now you have to start going to the garage sales and rummaging through old stuff to make sure that you're not getting the connected stuff. And eventually that will disappear and it'll just be uh, all connected devices all the time. And don't worry, in the future, they'll make sure that they find whatever network you're on and automatically connect. They'll, they'll find ways around it, right? So this is uh, this is one of those things that you n- probably 99 people out of 100 don't even think about. But it is happening, and it is at the very least hopeful in that at this point, yeah, at least you know half of the people are not bothering to set it up or not setting it up in the right way, and whatever. it's just the toaster, but it's sort of the deeper underlying agenda of this is just an absolute dystopian nightmare,
1: also probably not good news for them, trademark is what I know us here in the here in the place, yes, we've got a couple of tablets and things, but you know what we use it for a timer and a cookbook like not using it for any high-tech stuff look up a recipe and we of course also have a hard copy of joy of cooking (laughs) but we use it nine times out of ten what's it doing it's a timer for the cooking for the hands-on cooking experience that you're trying to have james when did you say that wired uh 2012 2012, so that's over a decade ago. So interestingly enough, again, we've been doing this for a while, and like we talked about last week, why are these people in Oxford getting so freaked out? Because they know where this is headed. Why are you getting so mad about putting microchips in your grandma and your pet? Because we know where it's headed, and it's already headed there. I like to play decade-old episodes or, or talk about some of the articles on, on my daily stream. So today, I played... A New World Next Week episode, I think it was maybe 141, from a decade ago today, where one of the top stories was weird narcolepsy connection between people that got the GlaxoSmithKline swine flu vaccine. We talked about that, and we talked about nurses fired for refusing vaccine. It's coming down the pipe a little ways. They worked for 50 years before they said, hey, guess what? You're in the European Union. That's how these things go. So for our wild card story, our third and final story on this New World Next Week episode, the latest installment in the ongoing "Not All Heroes Wear Capes" series, Utah doctor allegedly destroyed vaccines and gave fake shots to children. This from East Idaho News: A Utah plastic surgeon, his neighbor. And two others are facing charges after allegedly giving people fake vaccination cards and destroying government-provided COVID-19 vaccinations. Dr. Michael Kirkmore, Jr., 58, and his neighbor, Kristen Jackson Anderson, 59, have been charged with conspiracy to defraud the United States government, conspiracy to convert, sell, convey, and dispose of government property, conversion sale, conveyance, and disposal of government property, and aiding and abetting. The Plastic Surgery Institute of Utah, incorporated along with office manager Carrie D. Burgoyne, 52, and receptionist Sandra Flores, 31, faced the same charges. According to court documents, Moore and his co-defendants allegedly ran a scheme out of Plastic Surgery Institute of Utah to defraud the United States and the CDC. The documents say Moore and Anderson were members of a private organization seeking to liberate the medical profession from government and industry conflicts of interest. In the allegations, the four destroyed at least 28,000 bucks worth of COVID 19 vaccinations and distributed at least 1,900 doses worth of fake completed vaccination record cards. The court documents allege the fake cards were sold either for direct cash payments of 50 bucks per person per occurrence or required donations to a specified charitable organization. That's probably what got you in trouble. The court documents estimate the fake vaccination cards have a total value of nearly $97,000. $97,000 This We're going to go to major operations over this. Moore and his co-defendants also allegedly gave children saline shots at the request of their parents. So the children would think they're receiving a COVID vaccine, because remember, your parents are all weird and old-fashioned. They don't even want to get the chip. By allegedly falsifying vaccine cards and administering saline shots to children instead of COVID-19 vaccines, not only did this provider endanger the health and well-being of a vulnerable population, but also undermine public trust and the integrity of federal health care programs, said special agent in charge with the Department of Health and Human Services, Office of the Inspector General Kurt L. Mueller. The defendants are scheduled for their initial appearance in court tomorrow, 2 p.m. Mountain Time. So James, uh, the previous installments of the Not All Capes series featured in the last six months here on the show, Vermont town employee quietly lowered fluoride levels in water for years from last October, and much more recently, anti-vaxxer nurse who injected up to 8,600 elderly patients with salt water instead of COVID vaccine, walks free from court in Germany. James, and these are the ones they found out about.
0: Yes, exactly. That's an important point. Because uh, when we're taking in these news stories that are obviously being reported by these news organizations, when an event occurs, like an arrest, then there's a sort of inbuilt bias into that, that we only ever see it when someone gets arrested for it or whatever. And unfortunately, then the data starts to accumulate. And we might, from that biased perspective, think, oh, you see, every time it happens, they get caught and they get arrested. And But no, no, no. How many times has this happened that we don't know about? Many, 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 many times. Who knows how many times? That's the point of this. So don't don't get caught up in that sort of the the bias of, well, we only see it when they get arrested. Well, of course, because we're not seeing it when they don't get arrested. So um, yes, I, I I think as we've talked about before with Vermont Water and other stories, uh, again, I, I think this is probably more common than people might like to believe and is an It's how things work in reality, because uh, central top-down authoritarian controllers may institute whatever system that they want and believe that it is being followed to the letter, but it usually isn't, and there are always loopholes and workarounds and backdoors and people doing under-the-table deals. Unless and until they are all replaced by robots, so at least for the moment. (laughs) And even then, the people programming the robots can program in some uh, black market robots, right? Anyway, there are always ways around the system, and we should keep that in mind. And so, yeah, um, this is part of how it operates, and this is part of resistance, so I'm glad to see it happening. The thing that really strikes me in this article, though, is, yeah, the parents with their children, and I'm sitting here as a father... Uh, You know, I I could imagine, yeah, if my children are like, I want the shot or something, you know, yeah, you give them the saline shot, you deceive them into thinking they've gotten the real shot, but at some point you have to let them know, right? And how does that, you see, where's the real win in this? The real win would be if the children understand why they shouldn't be getting the shot. Uh, You know, it's a, there's a whole big issue here. But anyway, at any rate, this option exists, for people who don't know about it. And you have to put feelers out and you have to be careful because the long arm of the law doesn't like it when you do these types of things. But they do happen. It is a form of resistance. It's obviously not the solution to the problems that are happening, but it may be a way out of a particular jam that certain people are in at certain times in their life. Anyway, just good to know that this happens and that we are not seeing the vast majority of this iceberg.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, parents lie to their kids about Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. But you don't keep that lie going forever, and maybe, much like possibly this situation, there might be something in the kid as they start to get a little, like, you know what? I think maybe that's not exactly the truth. I'd love, man, I'd love to think, some of my favorite rock stars that haven't openly capitulated to all this, I'd love to think that Morrissey isn't jabbed. I'd love to think that Morrissey could probably get a fake vax card if he wanted to. But I don't know. No way to know. Who knows? Whatever. (sighs) (laughs) DVDs, USBs, and more are available. And now, yes, segue to the pitch at the end. DVDs, USBs, and more are available at newworldnextweek.com. And more being worked on behind the scenes all the time. I stream news, music, memes, and more 40 plus hours a week, and I have been Media Monarchy since September 11th, 2005. James, I started with a blog spot, you know, from Google. My first post, September 11th, 2005, my initial idea, I didn't exactly know what I was going to do with Media Monarchy. My initial idea was putting up posts with music-related things to sort of talk about conspiracy-related topics. So my first post at media monarchy.blogspot.com, which you can still find at Media Monarchy. Electronic Behavior Control System. And it was a track by an electronic group called Emergency Broadcast Network. They used lots of samples and kind of culture jamming. You two took them out on tour when they were doing the whole, you know, zoo tv kind of culture jam thing we will rock you with george bush people might remember really interesting really interesting stuff it's just yeah james we've been been doing this a while i'm, I'm still working on my <laughs> my anger management issues of just of dealing and coping with all of this crap
0: you, you know what i'm thinking actually i think we need to patent that i think that we should call that the new world next week sigh after the third story and uh <sighs> And anyway, (laughs) because every episode seems to end up that way.
1: (laughs) Well, and I mean, so maybe the positive thing and, you know, back on old episodes, you know, back in the aughts when we were doing this, when conspiracy was not as popular as it sort of is today, there was very much an um, imploring you out there, spread this, read Mm. this, talk about Mm. it, continue the research. We can't do all this stuff ourselves. Mm. Maybe we need to, be, to get back doing that a little more. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. We need help. All everyone, all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. More so now than maybe back in the aughts. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, true. Oh, it's, it's That's true. It's it's crazy. I, yeah.
1: Didn't I say? I maybe said last week, or I said on the air on on my own shows. It is nicer in some ways when these giant events happen. Mm. I don't feel like I did back in 2005 like oh my god I've got to capture and save everything because it's only the handful of us people doing this now I can kind of sit back and be like man there are people sourcing and collating way more information than I ever could have done then and certainly more than I could ever do now so huge love and thanks to all those again unknown millions of people who we don't know who you are absolutely you're just out there doing it and monkey wrenching the new world order
0: that's it and it's because of the work of people like yourself calling out and waking people up that there there are now many more people that and you know it and i know it and we see it there are many 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 more people <laughs> mm-hmm. aware of and talking about these things than back 15 years ago so let's keep doing it james that is new world next week episode 508 awesome I thank you thank you buddy and uh see you again next week yep cheers take care